happen. I just want to welcome our visitors. That's awesome. We love you dearly. We pray this is a blessing unto you, that the word today blesses you and blesses your heart, gives you strength and victory. So today I'm going to be speaking about the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ. What is the cause of Christ? What did Jesus, what was his cause? Why did he come here? Why did he come here? He came to do the will of the Father. He came to do the will of the Father. And through him, we are enabled to do the very same thing. The very same thing. To carry out his cause, to bring his love to you, and to the world that we could live totally redeemed in his presence. The righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. He came to carry out the will of the Father and we are here to do the very same thing. 1 John 3, 23. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus. That's the first step. Got to believe in Christ. And your whole life is made new. You're a whole new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. To believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. Jesus came to obey the Father and to love us and we do the same. Right? 1 John 3, 8, he came to destroy the works of the devil. You do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be concerned. You do not need to be anxious. You just need to stand in your authority. So how do we carry out this cause? How do we carry out the cause of Jesus? We do the word. Because why? The word is Jesus. This word is Jesus. When we do the word, we're sending out Jesus. <laughs> right? We're walking like Jesus. We, but here's the key, beloved. Here's the key. This is the reality of what you need to really get a hold of in your hearts, in your spirits. You need to renew your mind to this very fact that you enforce the word from a place of victory that has already been given you. You are seated in victory already. Because Jesus already defeated the devil. Already defeated and handed you every one of his precious promises when you came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Every promise in this book became yours. There's no, nothing wealthier than this. Nothing of more treasure than the word of God. So you enforce the word from a place of victory, which Jesus has already won for you. You are not a defeated person struggling to climb the ladder of success, to try to get to the top. He's already placed you in heavenly realms, seated with him. Glory be to God. That's why the devil hates you so much. Because he'll never get there. 
and he wants to do everything he can to pull you out of that seated position. But he will not win. He will not win. We have already overcome, and we are enforcing Jesus, the word, in faith. Our faith in Christ. We are seated with Jesus, carrying out his commands. He's the commander of our army. The word, the sword of the spirit. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Who wants to see Jesus? So we just do the word. You're going to see him. He's come to be with you. He's in you. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's a lovely, lovely thought, that we live in the home with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Do you want Jesus to show himself to you and live at, live at home with you? Big and strong, yes, Lord, that's what you are, and that's what you are on my behalf. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. You see what he's saying? He, these are not his own. He gets his speaking, what he speaks, he gets from the Father. He gets straight from glory. They belong to the Father who sent me. So Jesus is speaking to us the words of the Father. Jesus is the very word of the Father. He is the word incarnate, indestructible. And he has, guess what? He has given his word to you, and what does that make you when you are using his word? Indestructible. You are indestructible. Not you, you know, in your own flesh. You in the word. Jesus in you. John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father? This should make you all just shout and holler and feel so good and be so reassured. Do you not, don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. And that's just like you when you receive Jesus Christ. It is the Word, the active, alive Word doing the work in you. He has not left you as orphans, okay? You're not down here struggling on your own. There are two important elements here, though. It says he speaks the Word, right? We have to speak the Word because it is from the Father. We speak the Word. We know the Word. We study the Word. We speak the Word into our situation. Not the doubt, not the unbelief not the anxiety. We speak the word, it's from the Father, and that's what Jesus did, right? He was the word, he spoke the word. And we realize, we understand, we get a hold of the fact that when we speak the word, 
God does the work. He's already performed the word. Do you get that? He only had to speak the word one time. One time, and that's it. And it was done. It is already performed on your behalf. You just have to put it in your heart and speak it out your mouth, and it's done. Do you see how faith works? We speak Jesus. Hallelujah. He put it in place. His word is alive, it is active, and it will not return void. John 5, 19. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. The son can do nothing by himself, and you can't do anything by yourself either. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. See, and that's us. When we're in Jesus, that's what we're going to do. He does the word. Jesus was the word. Here, manifest, performed. And that's what we do. We do the work. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son, and he loves you, and shows him all. Do you know God is speaking to you all the time? All the time he's speaking. He is showing you himself. He is showing you great and glorious things to come. You know, you can just go through the day just, just talking to the Lord all day. You might be out driving or doing something, and you just talk to him. You just say, hey, Lord, you know, tell him, tell him what your concerns. Praise him. You know, that is, the, that is the best thing you can do. Not even just take your needs to him, but just praise him. Just praise him for who he is. Just praise him for his glory. Just praise him because he's the creator of the universe. And you're going to find your prayers answered so quickly because you're just praising him, giving him thanks. Yes, and he will show you even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. How many people in this room are ready to walk in amazement? Amen. It's our right. It is what he has for us, to walk amazed because of the great things that he does for us. Hallelujah. So the scripture tells us that we will do what the Father does through our completeness in Christ, not on our own, through our completeness. The Father loves the Son, and he loves you, and because of Christ in us, Christ in us, we do the works of the Father. Say, Christ is in me. Hallelujah. We are going to do greater works so that we will be amazed. I'm looking forward to this. I'm so excited about this. You see, we walk in an open heaven. The heavens are not brass unto you, beloved. They are open. The angels are ascending and descending. What are they for? To minister to those who are heirs of salvation. That's what they're there for. 
Hallelujah. So this is the word of the Lord that started this whole message this week. I woke up and the Lord was just speaking to me as I woke up. And so I you know, put it on my phone real fast. The time is now. Stand and be ready. The devil prowls around ready to pounce. But I, your God, am a guard around you. What is that guard? My very word, the sword of the Spirit, which is my word sent forth from you. Are you going to take ownership? Are you going to be responsible? And the shield of faith, which you have taken in your hand because you have believed in my son. Do you get it? We have a job to do. My word is my son in all my fullness. So what are you doing when you are speaking the word? Hello, what are you doing when you are speaking the word? What did he just say? My word is my son in all my fullness. I am not moving on until I get an answer. What are you doing when you are speaking the word? You are exercising the fullness. You are enforcing the fullness of Christ. Nothing less. He never loses. He's never lost a battle. So when we get in line with the word, we don't lose. This is big, guys. This is powerful. This is for you. This is how you are destined to walk, and he's not made anything difficult or hard. It's simply, and even if you are a baby Christian, you, go, you just go here, and you just say, hey, Lord, I have this issue in my body I need to talk to you about. And you read that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you let that grow up in your spirit. And you speak it out. Because it is a true, sure word. Okay, so back to the word then. My word is my son in all my fullness. Do not become weary. Continue to believe. Enforce, enforce, enforce. And see the enemy's destruction. And I just want to give you a little thought right here. This is not like the enemy's already just being defeated now. He's saying, see the enemy's destruction. See what I did from the foundation of the world. See what I gave to you when you became a believer in Christ. Because my blood was poured out for you. Okay? And see the enemy's destruction. This is a fight the fight of faith. 
stand and see the victory that I have already claimed for you. You see, we need to posture ourselves in Jesus. We need to understand what that means. We need to posture ourselves like Nehemiah did when the wall was being rebuilt. What did he do when he saw the enemy? When they seemed so big, they worked with one hand and they held the sword in the other. You see that? That's what we do. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have a shield of faith. You are in the army now. <laughs> and you have a fight to fight. There is a confrontation. Because the devil does not like you when you're in Christ. He hated Jesus too. Tried to take him out, and it all backfired. So what do you think is going to happen in your life? If the devil tries to take you out, it is going to backfire. You're a winner. You're an overcomer. Even though the Lord Jesus has already won our victory, that doesn't mean the devil gives up. He still has lies that he wants you to believe, and you're not going to believe them. He still pours out this big smoke screen that tries to get you to see things incorrectly or dimly, and we're not going to do that. We are going to stay sharp and focused on the Word. It is our life. He still tries to take his wicked, wicked wiles and harm you. You see? And so we resist that in Jesus. Hallelujah. He will try to knock you off your faith. He will try to knock you off your faith. He tries to knock you off the podium. He tries to knock you out of that chair that you're seated in. Where's your chair? Where are you seated? That's right. In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And he wants to knock you out of your seat. Well, you're just going to say, excuse me, devil, this is my position because I have a relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ and nothing you can do is going to make you give me, make me give you my chair. I'm not going to do it. So just leave. Just go somewhere else. Right? We have a supernatural position in Christ. When we have relationship with him, when we get the word in our spirit. And the devil can't do anything about it. So, see, at that point, you are ready. You are ready with the word. You stand, you stand, you sit with Jesus, and you see the deliverance of the Lord. You see the deliverance of the Lord, no matter what the situation. Enforcement of the word 
is faith in Christ. See that? Because the word is Christ. Christ is the word. So we speak the word, believing in who Christ is. He's got your back, beloved. We have a right and we have a responsibility to wield the sword of the Spirit and to brandish the shield of faith. We have a right, beautiful right, wonderful right, awesome privilege, and a responsibility. Why? Because you're saved, you believe you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? Because you have the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, living in you. And because you have a foundation of God's peace. So now you have the right. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, he makes you able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. World, okay? The world is the unsaved existence. You're not of the world. You're, you're in the world, but not of the world. Okay? So the principles of the world do not apply to the blood-bought blood believer. <laughs> the principles of the world do not apply to the blood-bought believer. so happy that you guys interact with me. Makes life so much nicer. Against the rulers, against the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Your fight is never against a person. Everywhere Jesus went, he had compassion. We must have compassion on the person suffering in, from darkness in any area of life. Believer, unbeliever. Okay? He had compassion. Everything he did was out of a compassionate heart. So we never hate a person. We never disrespect a person. God loves every person the same. The same, the same, the same. He does not love you anymore because you're a believer. His love is so pure, so true. You see? So anyway, our fight is against the demonic spirits that motivate situations and put situations into play. But you see, when we learn the word, we recognize those spirits. And those spirits have to bow to the word. Wherefore, 
take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. That's us. That's now. Is this day evil? Yeah, we're in an evil day. And hallelujah, it tells me right here I'm able to withstand it in my Jesus. And having done all to stand. It doesn't say fret. It doesn't say cry. It doesn't say be anxious. It doesn't say be fearful. We're just going to stand in the love of God. We're going to stand in the power of God. We're going to stand in the authority that he's given us. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the, on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That doesn't mean you're a doormat. That doesn't mean you're tolerant of sin. That's not peace. Peace is only in the word. Above all. Get this? Above all. Above all. He said it. That means it's pretty important. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Where is our faith? Exactly. In the word. Who is Christ? Our Lord. All good answers. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All of them, not some of them. Not, he's, he doesn't say, um, you're going to win some, lose some. He doesn't say that. There's probably some country song out there that says, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. I would just get up and walk out of that place when I heard that. Because that is not what my gospel tells me. My gospel tells me that in Christ I am an overcomer. Always. Regardless of what it looks like. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Very important. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We must persevere in the Word, in the fullness of Christ. Believing that the fullness of Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. Beloved, don't just think about it. When you come to an obstacle, open your mouth boldly for Christ. Not hatefully, but boldly. Assuredly, with confidence in the word. To make known the mystery of the gospel. That's what you're opening your mouth to do. To make the gospel known, not your opinion. Nobody cares about your opinion. I don't even care about my own opinion. If it's counter to the word. 
then I just look at that opinion and I go, you're under my feet. I'm going to see what Jesus has to say about it. You understand that? We have to, everything. I'm really serious about this, especially now. Well, it's always been the case. Everything, everything that you think, everything that you do, the words that you speak must be filtered through the truth of the word. They must be subject to the word. There is no such thing as luck. Why are you using that word? You see what I'm saying? Every little particle filtered through the word. So we need to speak boldly as we ought. The Aramaic, translation from the Aramaic, I just want to give you this because it's pretty powerful, from verse 16. And with these, take unto you the shield of faith, that with it you may have the power. Get it? With the shield of faith you have power, authority in Christ, because It is in him that you believe to quench all, 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 not just some, of the blazing bolts of the evil one. So is he going to try to come at you with blazing bolts? We have the power and the authority in the fullness and the word of Christ to quench them. Put on the helmet of salvation and grasp. Okay? Now, yes, we grasp physically, but we grasp in our spirits what's been given us. See that? When we walk in our authority, we are grasping the reality of what Jesus has done. Put on the helmet of salvation and grasp the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do not say that you do not understand the Word. Just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, and He will. You just talk to Him. You just say, hey, Lord, you know, show me. Show me. I want the meat of the word, which is the word of God. So, this tells us that we already, already have dominion, dominion over all the power of the enemy. Okay, now I have a little exercise for y'all to do. You're going to say, not me, not you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. And you're going to say, not me, not you. Ready? Whom can the enemy defeat? That's right. Whom can the enemy devour? (laughs) 
From whom can the enemy steal? Whom can the enemy kill? Are you getting stronger? <laughs> Whom can the enemy destroy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are blood-bought believers of Jesus Christ. Purchased. Purchased. He paid a heavy price for you. Purchased into the love of our Father, into kingdom life, into kingdom living, into the fullness of Christ. Here. Now. His kingdom come here now. We have dominion. Luke 10, 18. He replied, this is Jesus talking. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That should make you feel good. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Nothing will harm you. This means every dark force that tries to come against you, every temptation that will try to rattle your trap, you have authority. He has not left you there. He has given us a way out through the word. And we have to walk in this awareness. We have to walk in this consciousness. We walk. Do you realize that you, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you walk hemmed in on all sides? We used to explain it to our kids as a hedge of protection a hedge of protection around you. We have authority over all the power of the enemy. The devil has been rendered impotent by the word of God. John 10, 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. No limits. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. Don't believe in limitations. John 10, 7. As you go, proclaim this message. Okay, this is what we're going to proclaim. Believe. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Already. Already. It's past tense. Has come near. Near to us. In us. Living in us. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. You see, Satan is only the prince of this 
world. World. Not you. He has no authority over the born-again believer. Someone who has claimed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who has said, Jesus, come into my life. Help me. Help me. The born-again believer is not of this world, so you are not ruled by the devil. You have been translated out of this world system into the kingdom of his glorious light. Because Jesus has overcome the world, John 16, 33. He has given us, the church, the keys to the kingdom. We stand as overcomers with Christ. If Christ is in you, when the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. When you're proclaiming this word, he just sees Jesus. He just like runs, hightails it out of there. You have to understand that that's who you are. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17. Y'all know the story of David and Goliath, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But see, we're in an army. We are in an army of God. There are many in the army, but only some of them choose to fight the good fight. However, everyone here at RCC chooses to fight the good fight. We're good soldiers. Strong soldiers. You see, there were many... Now, I'm not going to get this out of the Bible, but it, in, I believe there were many that could have fought Goliath. They just didn't believe the way David believed. Right? There were many that could have fought him. There were many in the army, but not all of them believed. What they did was they looked at the giant and they gave up instead of looking at the Lord, right? It's not like the Lord hadn't done wonderful, amazing things for them in the past, right? But they just chose to look in the wrong spot. They allowed confusion in. They got confused about who their God was. They got confused about what they had. They got in fear. They got in anxiety. They looked at this big old giant, and they said it's bigger than God. Well, David didn't do that. He didn't believe anything was bigger than his God. I don't believe anything's bigger than my God. So they look at the giant and quit. You know, my gospel tells me that everywhere that I set my feet, everywhere that my feet trod belongs to me. First Samuel 17, 10. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy. Woo, I'd be scared to say that. That's the only time I'd be scared, is if I tried to defy my God. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Is there a lot of defiance going on out there? Is there a lot of rebellion going on out there? We don't want to be there. We're not there. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Cowards. 
You are not in the army to be a coward. They looked at the giant instead of the one, the one, the true God, who had already slain him. As far as God was concerned, it was already done. The mighty God of the universe, who had already secured the victory. All he needed, all he needed was a bold person of faith. Are you going to be that person? Are you going to be a bold person of faith? Are you going to not shrink back? Good answers. Good answers. We are not going to shrink back. We are going to believe in the power, the authority, and the faithfulness of our God. So see, Saul laughed at David. Saul laughed. He said, basically, who are you? You're just, you're just a kid. You're just like a boy. You don't know how to fight. You don't know how to fight. This is ridiculous. You're laughable. You're absurd. You think you, as a boy who has no training, is going to come up and slay this giant? Well, see, Saul had another thing coming because he ran into a man of faith. The devil had another thing coming because faith went into action. Action. Speaking, doing, believing. You see, David would not be moved. He wasn't going to run. He wasn't going to hide. You don't have to hide in fear. He knew in whom he believed. And he knew who it was that was backing him. Even Goliath taunted David. I wouldn't have wanted to be him. How did David answer? David answered in faith in his God. 1 Samuel 17, 43. He, that's Goliath, said to David, Am I a dog that you should come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. I would not have spoken that. I would not be the one, want to be the one to speak that. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, Those are carnal things. Carnal things. No match for the Spirit of God. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Rebellion. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. It is time for you to cut off the head of the things that appear to be giants. I said appear to be. I said appear to be. 
because they are no match for your Lord. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army. We're talking about one guy. We're talking about a kid. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Do you notice what David did there? He used Goliath's very own words and turned them back. That's what God does for us. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. <clears throat> For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Hallelujah. So just go ahead today, recognize the giant that appears to be there, and cut off his head. Say no more. It's over. God's word is true. You're done. Whatever that is. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. You have complete power. You have complete authority given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no contest. So what do you have to overcome? What do we overcome? What are some things that we might want to overcome? Generally, generally it would be any spirit that is against the word of God. Any spirit that is against the word of God that is trying to cause havoc in your life. And all you do is you just speak the word to it. Okay? Speak the word to that spirit. Sickness and disease. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Confusion and mental torment. I have the mind of Christ. Fear and anxiety. God's peace is my foundation. Doesn't really matter what it is. Socialism. Where does socialism look? It looks to man to be a provider. It has to fall because God is my provider. You see that? You see what you do when things come up against you? You don't believe the lie. You believe the word and you speak the word. <coughs> Gender identity philosophy. God decides your gender. You don't decide your gender. God decides your gender. What does the word say? Say, I create. He created them male and female. There's not a whole lot of gray area there. There's nothing. No, no gray. You can't argue with the word. Well, you can try, but you're going to lose. Critical race theory. God created me in his image. Got that? Any fool who would allow their children to be learning this needs to get their spirit in line with the word. Because the truth is we are created in God's image. He does not speak death over you or your children or your nieces or your nephews. He only speaks.
speak life, abundance, and goodness in God. Love. It is not love to tell someone that they are less than someone else or that they are inherently bad in their thoughts. That's evil. That's demonic. It is a witchcraft spirit. It is a spirit of control and manipulation and hate. Have no part of it. Don't let your children be influenced by it. Witchcraft, idolatry, rebellion, lust, the Jezebel spirit, all are rampant in the world. They don't have a place in the kingdom. They can't exist against the light of God. So you, the spirit in you, what, what is the spirit in you, by the way? The same, I'll give you a hint, the same Exactly. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in the believer. So, just as the Elijah spirit rose up against the prophets of Baal and the Jezebel spirit and the rebellion and the idolatry, the spirit of Christ rises up in you to disallow, defeat, already defeated, but enforce the defeat of those spirits. 1 Kings 18, verse 16. Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? Lie, 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 lie. We don't receive the lies. We don't receive the lies. It doesn't matter how, how they come to you or how forceful they may seem. I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. But you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's command and have followed the Baal. See there? He didn't put up with that. He didn't put up with that lie. He directly confronted the lie. Recognize it and call it out. Don't put up with it. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Quit being sissies. You are in an army. You represent the Father God. You speak the truth in love. You love every person. You are loving a person most of all, 
when you speak the truth to them, even though it's difficult. Because in the end, you save them. Not you, but the word. You see? It brings blessing, abundance into their lives. Do not be fearful of speaking the word. Just do not use it in a hateful manner. It is not your sword or club to hit them over the head, right? It is a word that ministers to hearts. Gently, gently. Remember we read that last week? Gently, but boldly. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. The time to stand is now. But the people said nothing. Yikes. Yikes. I don't want to be that person. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one. Beloved, if you are the only one, Praise God, at least you're bringing light to the situation when you bring the word of God to it. And guess what? If you are the only one, you will still win in Christ. If everyone else deserts the cause, if you are the only one, victory has still been won. You got that? Elijah was the only one. And he was brave, and he spoke truth. I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. And then there were those of Asherah. Even if you are the only one standing alone, you will be the voice of God. I am prophesying that over you. If you are the only one, you will be the voice of God. And you will make the difference for Christ. I am prophesying that over you. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set it fire to it. I will prepare the other bowl and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Hallelujah. So you know the whole story. You know what happened. The prophets of Baal, they failed. No fire came. Nothing. Zip. Nada. And Elijah called down fire from heaven. Which consumed the contents of the altar. It licked up all the water, you know, because water had been poured all over everything. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You need to say, The Lord, he is God. No matter what you're facing, The Lord, he is God. He is my God. He is my rock. Then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal, 
Don't let anyone get away. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Hallelujah. The sound of a heavy rain. This is the time of the outpouring of the heavy rain. You speak the word. You believe in Christ. You speak the word. You do the word. You seize the giant. You cut off the head. You call down fire from heaven because no longer do we even have to call it down because we live in a whole new dispensation. Do you get it? The fire is in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. The same glory. The same glory that God gave Jesus. He says in his word, he gave to you. I live in the glory. When I walk into the room, the glory goes before me. It goes before me to heal, to help, to strengthen, to encourage, to edify, to love. And to send the demons of darkness away. Scatter them. They are destroyed. They don't want to be next to me. They don't want to come in your presence. You walk into a room and light and glory go before you. The salvation of the Lord. The salvation of the Lord. Your gift. Your gift to everyone through the Lord Jesus Christ. My, my, my. You know, that's the cause of Christ. That's you carrying the cause of Christ all mankind his love demonstrated amazing do you know who you are do you know what you have to offer you you. Every one of you. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. No enemy remained. See that? We rise up in the authority, in the love that Jesus Christ has given us. That's why it is so important for you to know how much God loves you. We shield, we rise up with the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word, and we enforce the victory, the already won victory. We pray and we proclaim the truth of God. We pray and we proclaim the truth of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do the word. 
You see, Jesus declared only what the Father said. He declared it. He did it. The thief, demonic forces, they come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and that more abundantly. We walk in the abundant life of Christ. John 10.10 The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, this word is the fullness. Nothing short. Nothing short. The fullness of Christ. The devil comes... (coughs) as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But I'm not going to give him that permission. It doesn't say he can devour you. It says he's looking for someone whom he can devour. Can he devour you in Christ? No. A person would have to give him that permission and that person would be a fool. What did he come what does he come to steal? Really break this down. Think about it. What does he come to steal? He comes to steal the word. Go read the parable about the soils. He comes to steal the word. If you don't let him steal the word, he can't win. He cannot devour you. I'm not going to be the first Adam, like the first Adam. I am not going to give up my authority. I am going to be the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who stood in the established word. He was the word. He is the word, living, active, sharp. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing between the carnal and the spirit. Judging the intents and the thoughts of the heart. Dividing between the bones and the marrows, right? That's who we are. We are those sharp swords wielding the word. 1 Peter 5, 8. 7, sorry. Casting all your care upon him, that's the Lord, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, as, as, smokescreen, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say, not me, not you. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. So I'm going to end with this scripture. It's kind of a little bit lengthy, but this is really going to encourage you. Okay? John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Thank you, Jesus. See, if you know Jesus, you, you know the Lord. You know the Father. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time. See, 
He's saying, realize who I am in your life. Realize what I have given you. Realize the authority. Realize the power. Realize the love. Understand, I am in you and you are in me. Understand who he is in us. Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. No big secrets there, beloved. Easy peasy, love and squeezy. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me. And that's like you when you receive Jesus. You see that? Who is doing the work? He has given us the authority through Christ to do the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Be confident. Be confident in Jesus. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. That's the cause of Christ. To do what the Father asks in the name of Jesus. To fulfill the word, to fulfill the will of God and love our neighbors while doing it. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's the goal. We are glorifying our Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. What was the new command? What is the New Testament? It is a command of love. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, the world, the world, that's not believers, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You know him, beloved. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We all want that, don't we? That's what we have. He's come to us. He's come to us. Because Jesus is now ascended. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize. That means total understanding. We will understand. We will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. In other words, we have a complete understanding of that, a revelation Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. 
That's a promise. That's a guarantee in every situation in life. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. You live in the home, the home of Jesus and the Father. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, which has already been sent, right? will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Everything. Everything you need to know. Everything of which you need to be reminded. He speaks to you. All truth, all light, all wisdom, all understanding. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid do not be afraid we are living in a time where fear is all out there and you know what we rest secure in the arms of Jesus in the loving hands of our good and kind gracious and merciful father hallelujah so that's what the Lord had me share with y'all today. So before I move any further, we are going to take communion and we are going to receive our tithes and offerings. But if there is anyone who has never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I would like to pray with you. You can raise your hand and I will just pray. If there's anyone watching on TV that has never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you just close your eyes and in your heart, you just say, I receive you, Lord. I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I give you full authority. Thank you for your love. Please forgive me for the things that I may have done that have displeased you. And I understand that right now, at this moment, I am totally free, clean, forgiven forever and ever. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. 